listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. Politics Weekly. This week we are here with Charging Republican. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Now tell us a little bit more about your podcast, Charging Republican. Well, first uh, let me give you my name. I'm Megan Jones and I am uh, the host of Charging Republican where I don't um, just, you know, talk about the topic, but I give you a history of how it began and where we are today. Um, so, um, and I don't really offer any um, solutions because sometimes solutions are cause more problems. So, but that's pretty much my um, podcast. All right. So before we get into the news, uh, I just want to uh, talk about two uh, quick announcements. First of all, obviously, the Democratic national debates are this week. Um, I'm hoping to uh, potentially do a post-debate reaction podcast uh, after the second debate um, on Thursday. So keep an eye out for that. That may not happen, but we're hoping to make that happen. So keep an eye out for that. Great. Uh, Also, also I just wanted to announce to everybody listening that, of course, uh, in two weeks, the 50th episode will be coming up on July 8th. So stay tuned for that as well. But anyways... Why don't we get right into the news? So the first uh, bit of news uh, is about is surrounding the Alabama Senate race in 2020. Uh, of course, this is a seat Republicans really, really want to get back. This is a seat they really want to pick up in 2020. Republicans think uh, because uh, Donald Trump is on the top of the ticket, he should be enough to help them win. Um, of course, uh, Mitt Romney won uh, Alabama by a landslide in 2012, uh, as did uh, Barack Obama in, uh, or uh, sorry, as did uh, Donald Trump in 2016. So now Republicans see a big target of opportunity uh, to pick up the seat. Obviously, there are already a lot of Democrats in there. There's a state lawmaker, uh, Arnold Mo- uh, Mooney, who's hoping to uh uh, unseat him. There's also um, Bradley Byrne, the congressman, um, and Tommy tu- uh, Oh, Stanley Ader, the businessman, uh, Tommy Tuberville, the former Auburn's Tiger football coach. Those are just some of the Republicans hoping to unseat him. And obviously, uh, even uh, Doug Jones has his own Democratic challenger in uh, state lawmaker John Rogers. Um, but, uh, right now we know two different, uh, new Republicans that will be entering the race. Uh, first of all, John Merrill, the secretary of state of Alabama, uh, got in the race this, uh, this week. He has not started campaigning yet, 
uh, and has not officially made an, an announcement, but he has officially uh, registered with the Federal Elections Commission to uh, seek the Republican nomination for Senate in 2020. Um, but more importantly, uh, the, uh, the news that was uh, making all the headlines this week was about Roy Moore. Uh, of course, Roy Moore, a uh, very controversial figure. He was accused uh, of uh, molesting two girls um, uh, when he was uh, in college. Uh, he lost narrowly uh, during the 2017 uh, general or the 2017 special election to Phil. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, to Phil Jeff Sessions' seat after he resigned to become attorney general. Um, of course, he lost by two points to Jones. Uh, well, now Roy Moore wants to run again. Roy Moore announced this week that he will be running. Uh, once again, for Senate from the state of Alabama, despite the fact that Donald Trump uh, and many of Donald Trump's family members, uh, as well as many other national Republicans, encouraged him not to, uh, Moore has still decided uh, he will uh, get into uh, the race. Um, and a poll out from... Uh, uh, from more information, uh, not to be confused with Roy Moore himself, this has no association with him, um, but this is for a polling group out of Alabama, uh, shows that um, Roy Moore is currently in second, uh, beating out Congressman Bradley Byrne, but just losing narrowly to Tommy Tuberville, the Auburn Tigers coach, uh, Tommy Tuberville uh, has 23% in this poll, Moore has 18%, and Byrne has 16%. What are your thoughts uh, on uh, this right now? What, what are your thoughts on Roy Moore uh, getting back into the Senate race? And what are your thoughts on John Merrill getting into the Senate race? Well, you know, that it's kind of hard because... The, some of them you didn't some of them when you mentioned I really don't know but like I've heard the Roy Moore he got decimated with that whole um, scandal thing and I just think that's bad it, it just it, it just brings up old uh, memories you know um, and the uh, Tigers coach I, I just don't know because I really haven't really looked into him. So I try, I, I, I'm, I've started a new thing is where I really look up who's running and, you know, I just, I don't think that, Oh, I'm going to vote for the Tigers coach because he's a football coach. That just doesn't make any sense. I gotta, you, you gotta figure out what they can offer. What have they done that they can bring to the political, um, uh, world, you know, or, you know, to Congress, and how are they going to help the people of Alabama? That's the thing. All right. Um, anything else you uh, you want to add to that, or should we move on? No, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. So uh, Second Amendment, uh, pro-rights, uh, pro-gun rights ag advocate Kyle Cashew uh, made headlines recently when uh, he recently lost his acceptance uh, to Harvard. Uh, uh, he had been accepted to, he was, of course, 
a, a Parkland school shooting survivor who was also a gun rights activist. Um, he received an acceptance letter to Harvard. However, uh, that's recently been pulled uh, after Kashuv, um, uh, after Kashuv uh, had a leaked Google Docs document uh, leaked on him, uh, where he uh, said the N word multiple times. Um, Harvard has decided to uh, pull their acceptance uh, of Kashuv uh, as a result of this. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on Kyle Kashuv losing his acceptance to Harvard? Well, I, I think that's pretty low from Harvard because Harvard is a school of learning. I mean, can't you, um, you know, can't you learn from Kyle? I think everybody else can learn from Kyle in many different ways, his beliefs and what he went through. Um, I, I just think that was a pretty low. Um, um, act of what they did I mean the kid deserves to go to, to Harvard and he worked hard and just because he used the n-word which now here's the other thing so black people are allowed to use the n-word so we're not allowed to use white people are not allowed to use the n-word so I just I, I just think it's a low blow where you're telling people okay well we're an institution of learning but then you're not going to let um, a uh student who wants to learn to learn at your your establishment your you know and your curriculum uh, it just to me it just boggles my mind all right then why don't we move on then so uh the next story is surrounding patrick m shanahan uh so patrick m shanahan uh is uh, of course currently the acting uh uh, defense secretary under Trump. He's been acting defense secretary uh, under uh, since uh, January 1st, 2019. He was previously the deputy secretary of defense, uh, but became acting secretary of defense after Jim Mattis's reg- resignation as defense secretary. And he was Donald Trump's uh, initial pick um, to uh, replace um uh, what, uh, to replace Mattis as defense secretary. Um, however, uh, Shanahan has decided uh, that he will not uh, move forward uh, with his nomination process. He will not go through Senate confirmation hearings. Um, it should be noted as of this time, um, there are allegations against him that he, that he abused his wife um, However, it is unknown if these allegations have anything to do uh, with Shanahan's decision uh, to remove himself from consideration uh, to become uh, the next defense secretary. What are your thoughts on Shanahan uh, pulling his nomination for defense secretary? Well, I mean, it is, uh, first of all, it's, I think it's, it's, less concerning about what happened in the past, but more concerning that people would go to this lengths because they don't like Trump Trump, and go after people who he wants in his administration. I think that, you know, he had a, a but he had a, a reason to do that. And what is the reason to protect your family at all costs? Um, by bringing up pain from the past, 
Um, and, you know, it's a sad thing. And going back to, you know, uh, Nolan, with um, uh, people are questioning about it, um, you know, people who uh, the vet, the vetting system in his administration, it's not Trump's fault. It's just people who around him have bad intel. That's all. That's what's going on here. Um, but I, I think, you know, we'll see where it goes and we'll see how the um, new um, person will do. And I hope he does a really great job. All right. Um, so uh, let's move on then uh, to uh, uh, a new story. Uh, Donald Trump has officially launched his 2020 presidential campaign. Now, Donald Trump uh, has been in the race uh, since uh, January 20th, 2017, when he was inaugurated. The same day he was inaugurated, he actually filed with the FEC uh, to run for re-election. Uh, one of the first presidents in history to do that. Um, however, uh, he officially uh, launched his campaign. He didn't start campaigning until this week. He officially launched his campaign in Florida. Uh, he was surrounded by multiple uh, supporters. Um, and uh, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina was in attendance. Uh, Senators uh, uh, Rick Scott and uh, Marco Rubio, both the senators, both Republican senators from Florida were in attendance, uh, as was Florida Congressman Mark Gates uh, and the governor of Florida, Republican uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, was also in attendance. Uh, at the inauguration, or at not the inauguration, sorry, my apologies, at <laughs> the official rally to kick right. off Donald Trump's 2020 presidential campaign. Correct, yes. What were your thoughts uh, on his announcement speech, and what were your thoughts on him launching his 2020 campaign? Well, my, uh, well, first of all, I, I loved the, um, the whole thing. The, uh, it, the energy was great. And the just, you know, the lines that he used were great. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm t- I mean, just look at the number of crowds that they bring uh, of, of he brings versus what's happening with the um, uh, the uh, candidates for 2020 on the Democrat side. I mean, they can't really get that many. I mean, they, that's a that's a dream for them. That's the that's the. Um, Obama dream crowd that they want, but they can't, they can't get that because they have no message. But what was the other question that, that you had with this? Um, let's see. I, I asked, what were your thoughts on the debate? Um, or what were your thoughts on Trump? Uh, what do you think are Trump's chances of, of winning re-election? Oh, I think they're good. As long as he's, you know, um, the economy is still good. And um, I, I think that as long as he um, the wall gets done um, and the, the jobs, you know, um, and, you know, if, if we can get that um, the um, deal between um, Mexico and Canada done, that's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be great to, for him to have four more years. And I, I can't wait. All right. Um, so why don't we uh, move 
to the next uh, story. Uh, so we're going to talk right now about uh, an ongoing, uh, or let's see, um, let's talk about Joe Manchin. So Joe Manchin is, of course, the Democratic senator from West Virginia right now. Um, he's been in West Virginia since 2010. He's served as senator there. He was the state's governor from 2005 to 2010. Um, and he's currently serving in a state that Donald Trump won by 40 by 42 points, uh, and also a state that uh, Mitt Romney won by over 30 points, despite being a Democrat in that state. However, Joe Manchin may be exiting the Senate soon, even though his term is not set to expire until 2024. Uh, Joe Manchin right now uh, is considering, according to reports, a run for governor of West Virginia against incumbent Republican Jim Justice. Justice uh, of course, was elected uh, in 2016 as a Democrat. However, he later switched party affiliations as a re- to be a Republican uh, and is now saying that he will run for re-election as a Republican. Uh, according to sources from Joe Manchin, uh, Manchin may run for his old job as governor uh, and thus leave the Senate. Um, what are your thoughts on Joe Manchin potentially running for governor of West Virginia and leaving the U.S. Senate? Well, first of all, I don't live in West Virginia. And second of all, the thing is, is that I think Joe Manchin should just retire. I mean, he's been in, he's been, been in Congress for a long time. Let justice take over. I mean, West Virginia, you know, they, you know, they could use a, um, a break, you know, with the, with all the shutting down of the coal mines um, because of the Obama administration. I think that, you know, it, it, it's just time for a Democrat to, you know, just who's been there, a, a career one, just to, you know, look, you've done what you've done and it's time to sit down and just enjoy the rest of your life. Um. Do you think do you think he should resign early or wait until 2024? Or do you think it's a good idea that he's running for governor? I just think he should just resign totally. I mean, just not even just to stop in politics or go find something else to do. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, why don't we? Uh, move on then uh so let's move on to uh the story about uh joe biden and cory booker uh so obviously cory booker uh hoping to uh win uh the presidency he's the new jersey senator hoping to be the democratic nominee to face trump in 2020 joe biden the former vice president is of course the front runner uh, for the Democratic nomination, according to polling as of this point. Um, but uh, recently, the two got into a heated fight. Uh, the fight was over a bill that uh, Joe Biden voted against uh, in the early 1970s when he was uh, in the U.S. Senate, uh, which would have ended uh, busing, de- uh, busing segregation. Uh, Biden was... Uh, has been attacked by the left for refusing to vote for that bill. Uh, Booker said on uh, the Sunday show 
he said this about Biden. He said, quote, um, uh, he's the presidential nominee. And to say something, and again, it's not about working across the aisle. If anything, I've made that a hallmark of my time in the Senate to get big things done in any legis- and legislation passed. This is about him invoking a terrible power dynamic that he showed a lack of understanding or insensitivity to by involving this idea that he was uh, called son by white segregationists who, yeah, they see him as their son. He told this to uh, uh, Martha Raddick uh, on ABC this week during the Sunday shows. Um, Biden is now responding uh, to... um, uh, to uh, Biden, uh, or Bi- no, Biden is responding to Booker, saying that Booker um, should apologize for accusing Biden of this. However, uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders also doubling down on what Booker said, uh, calling on Biden to apologize uh, for his segregation comments. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, on uh, this controversy? Well, first of all, I think that Cory Booker is just a total hypocrite. Because, first of all, he claimed that he uh, works to, to work on, you know, both sides of the aisle, which is so not true. I mean, look what he's really focusing on. Reparations and, you know, for slaves. And he's also working on trying to impeach Trump. I mean, how does that help but both sides, it really doesn't. Um, the the thing is, but he does have a point to say that to you know um, uh, slam Biden because of what he um, uh, views as you know back in the day it was okay, but to be called not to have segregation. And and to be and to be called son by you know anyway, but the thing is is that you know um, it's um, time that I'll, I think Biden he's not going to win anyway. Um, he's just not um, not he has no message. He's using the messages from um, the administration of Obama, but you know no but. Um, but nobody wants that anymore. We want Trump's agenda. We want um, we want America to be still free, and we want to still have our, our liberty. Um, so he, no one's gonna listen to him, even though he's up in the polls. I think that's a fake poll. But I I think for the both. But what I can really say is that I just can't wait for these these debates because it's gonna be interesting to see how how of, of what they say to each other you know like like if Biden's the front runner is is he going to really go after these people or not is he going to be t- is he going to be um, crawling a hole and be safe and not do that i mean cuz cuz a strong uh, a strong leader is Donald Trump who doesn't care who who does who calls out people for 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 their hypocrisy, and I would and what I would really like to do to see if if Biden does that because he's at the top, and I cannot wait to see these debates, Nolan. I just cannot wait for next week. 
All right. Um, and what do you think are Biden's chances of winning the nomination? You know, that's a tough call. I really don't know. Um, we'll we'll have to see about that, even though I'm a Republican because I'm 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 pro Trump. And, you know, you see and, and going to a little final thing here is that I was born and raised in California and you see what's going on in California. That's what I was experiencing. I can my um, my votes weren't counted. No one was listening to me. And that's why part of the reason why we moved up here to North Carolina um, and you see it with the homelessness and everything. So but um, and uh, and I will break something here um, on your show, Nolan. Um, I people ha- make mistakes and I think I made a real big political mistake. Actually, I made two. One was voting for Tom Tillis, who is a senator of North Carolina right now. Yes. And um, that was a big mistake. Um, so, and then the other bit of the mistake, but back in California, the other mistake was voting for Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was the other mistake. <laughs> so, because Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, he's just like the elite Republicans. And, and, and I think that, you know, you get a big dose of reality within your own party you know there are there are elite democrats you know and there are elite republicans and that's why in one of my other episodes i i call out just about try to call out just about every everyone actors and you know people on reality shows and all that kind of stuff so um but that's you know that's you know breaking that to you (laughs) on your show I can assume you're not going to be voting for Tom Tillis in 2020. Of course not. I'm I'm going to be voting for um, oh God, uh, I had his name in my head, but now I can't remember. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yep. Uh, is it Garnold Tucker? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a uh, Garnold uh, Garland Tucker. I'll be voting for Garland Tucker. You know. Uh, and uh, I hopefully I could vote for Mark Meadows again. And I did get to meet Mark Meadows uh, after dinner one night here in my own backyard here. I'm um, in town. I'm like, that was it was just amazing. You know, You're, yeah. you see him and he comes up to the car and, you know, my, my dad had said, you know, we're rooting for you. And thank you for, you know, exposing the truth about the Russia gate, you know. And um, so he came, he turned around, came back to the car. Mark Meadows, and he shook my dad's hand, and he shook my hand, and said, hi, I'm Mark Meadows, and I'm like, oh my god, I almost died, I almost passed out in the car. <laughs> All right, uh, well, with that, why don't we uh, move on to uh, the next uh, story, so the next story uh, is involving Iran, mm-hmm. uh, as we now know that apparently Trump uh, originally ordered a strike uh, on Iran, but later uh, changed his mind uh, and decided that he would not do this. Many people praising the decision. Uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox News praised the decision. Um, meanwhile, Senator Tom Tillis from Arkansas uh, criticized the decision, saying he believes it would have been appropriate if Trump launched an airstrike uh, on I- Iran. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Trump uh, pulling back a potential uh, airstrike on Iran? 
Well, you know, first of all, I would have gone with I would have gone with the Warhawks on this, but you know, there are some things that we really need to think about. Um, I think the decision he made when he heard about how many lives were lost, I mean, over just a drone, I think um, I think it was a, a really good, a, a wise decision just to give Iran one more shot to um, come to the table. But I, you know, I, I think I think it was a good a, a good um, start to to show. Also, you know, to to show that Democrats were like, oh, he's going to lead us into war and everything. But no, he didn't because he, he stopped. He said, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, you know, wait, just give him one more chance. And I think that 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 is great. All right. So uh, why don't we um, why don't we move on? Um, so Donald Trump. Uh, this week also made um, an announcement on ICE. Uh, let me see if I can uh, pull up uh, what he initially said. Um, do, let me just see if I can pull up the original tweet. Um, uh, Trump last week said that he was planning a uh, a mass roundup of illegal immigrants uh, by ICE. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, the president uh, say uh, saying uh, during his uh, his twenty twenty launch speech, he says, "quote The people that ICE will apprehend." Have already ordered, uh, have already been ordered to be deported. This means that they have run from the law and have run from the courts. Oh no, he tweeted this. I'm sorry. <laughs> there are people that are supposed to be back in their home country. They broke the law by coming to this country and now by staying. Um, however, Trump now going back, saying in a tweet, "Quote at the request of Democrats." I have delayed the illegal immigration removal process, uh, deportation, for two weeks to see if the Democrats and Republicans can get together to work out uh, a solution to the asylum and loophole problems at the southern border. If not, deportations start. Uh, Let's see if I can pull up what Nancy Pelosi said. Hold on. Um, uh, it's being reported by CNN and The Hill that, uh, and Politico that, um, uh, Pelosi, uh, requested that these, um, uh, that these deportations, uh, be, uh, uh, be, uh, delayed, um, and, Here's what she said. She called the raids, quote, heartless. She said, quote, families belong together. These families are hardworking members of our communities and our country. The president's action makes no distinction between a status, a status violation and committing a serious crime. It is important that the president and our immigrant communities know that they have rights in America. What are your thoughts on Donald Trump's plan for ICE? 
to uh, round up a mass deportation of immigrants, of illegal immigrants. And what are your thoughts on him delaying that? Well, first of all, I think the roundup is is good because we need to. Because, I mean, how, I mean, look at more people are trying to come in. And that means a, a, a gigantic, round, you know, roundup. I mean, how many more people are going to have to round up before, you know, it, it, it's already, you know, Nolan, it's becoming a circus. Our, um, our immigrant situation. Our, um, and I, I think that, and he was all, he didn't say families, I don't think. He said crim, he said criminals and people, you know, and he, um, and, and it wasn't like workers um, who, who have um, uh, green cards who are, who are illegal. He, he said the, the ones that are criminals like MS-13 who have killed people in our country. Um, it, it's it, in, in bringing drugs and and um, selling uh, human beings to be sex fl- slaves and things like that. That's who he wants out of here. That's who he wants out. And and and, and not abiding by our laws by by showing up to court. Well, like um, um, when we get in trouble, we have to go to court because you know, they're gonna you know that's our duty you know and um so i, I think i i, I it's kind of um interesting how nancy pelosi had played this to get to give them more time more time to do what because i don't even think that they're gonna be able to to come up with anything um it's to to come to the table to work with the republicans and double donald trump to um i just don't see it i i I don't see it happening i hope so but i i don't i don't see it happening all right uh why don't we uh move on then so um uh democrats got to uh got together this week for a very uh important uh jim uh clyburn dinner of course jim clyburn uh, is a congressman from South Carolina, and he, he's a Democrat, and he's the uh, third most powerful Democrat in, or the third most powerful member of the House right now. He's the House Majority Whip currently, as of this point. Um, there was a, uh, a Jim Clyburn uh, fish out. Multiple uh, Democrats uh, were in attendance, uh, 21 of them. Uh, to be uh, exact, um, right now, um, uh, Cory Booker was there, uh, Tim Ryan was there, um, let's see, um, uh, yeah, Tim Ryan was there, Beto O'Rourke was there, Pete Buttigieg was there, Marianne Williamson was there, uh, Andrew Yang was there, Kamala Harris was there, Seth Moulton was there. Amy Klobuchar was there. Um, uh, uh, Wayne Messam, of course, he was on our show. He was there. Uh, so was Elizabeth Warren. Um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Kirsten Gillibrand, Bill de Blasio, John Hickenlooper, uh, uh, Michael Bennett, uh, Julian Castro, Jay Inslee, Bernie Sanders. Um, uh, but right now, 
Um, and let me see. I'm not sure if Joe Biden was there or not. Um, but uh, one of the highlights uh, of the debate was when, or not of the debate, but one of the highlights, it looks like, let's see, I'm not sure if Joe Biden was there, but it, uh, one of the highlights was during uh, Andrew Yang's speech when Andrew Yang called himself, quote, and, oh, yes, Joe Biden was there. So I, I can confirm Joe Biden was there. Uh, and it was brief. He was briefly there. Um, um, and uh, you can see him talking to uh, Messam there in the picture. But uh, at one point, uh, Andrew Yang gave a speech uh, and he called himself, quote, uh, an Asian man who likes math and then jumped uh, into the audience. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this? Well, my thoughts is how, I mean, it, it, I mean, is that really classy or, you know, as called a, um, a, a leader to jump in to a crowd after you announce something, you know, you dub yourself something? I don't think so. Uh, Trump didn't do that. He doesn't do that. And I think that is just the most, um, Un, um, uncivilized. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's immature um, of something to do. I mean, all these all these uh, candidates have done something so immature. I mean, like Beto O'Rourke skateboarding. I mean, I don't really think people should really care if he skateboards. It's really care if he can get things done. But supposedly. I mean, all he does is is run is runs is is um, lips, and for socialism, I mean, come on, it, it's it's just you know I, I just don't think that's it, it and it you know and it's not professional either. Uh, all right. Um. So uh, why don't we move on then? Uh, to the next story. So Alex Jones uh, is, of course, uh, a media provocateur from Infowars.com. Um, uh, we had somebody from uh, Infowars on the last episode, Laura Loomer. We had an interview with her. Um, right now, um, he is being sued um, by the families uh, of the 2012 uh, Sandy Hook shooting. Um, for uh, calling on his show, uh, the Sandy Hook shooting, he called it a hoax, and now they are suing him. Uh, but now um, an agent of the family uh, is uh, s- uh, explaining that apparently there was uh, child pro- uh, pornography discovered in an email metadata to Jones that had been uh, uh that uh, had been required to a judge to turn over. Um, apparently the FBI was alerted um, and they've taken control of the electronic files. Um, on his show Friday, Jones uh, accused um, Chris uh, Matei, uh, one of the uh, attorneys involved in the case of planting child uh, pornography and blaming it on Jones. Um, he says during the show, he says, um, uh, and excuse me here, there is quite vulgar language. He says, uh, I like women with giant tits and big, uh, I'm not going to say the word. 
Yeah. I don't like uh, kids uh, uh, like you goddamn rapists. Um, and then he says, uh, F-heads, in fact, uh, d- uh, delete it, you, I'm not going to say the word, are going to get it. You bleeping child molesters. I'll bleeping get you in the end. One million dollars to your head on a pipe. One million dollars bleep. Um, So, uh, uh, and um, apparently he showed um, a a picture uh, of Matei um, and he referred to it as a white shoe boy uh, jerk off um, and then asked his producers to zoom in on the photo. Uh, he then pounded a picture of his face and said, uh, I'm going to kill under his breath, followed by a growl. Um, and it's apparently the pornography was, uh, was sent under an InfoWars email address. Uh, and this information is coming from uh, the news uh, site, uh, The Independent. Uh, what are your thoughts on, um, on this controversy? Well, first of all, you know, it, it just it goes to show you on both sides of the aisle. If you take things so seriously and have a huge head, this is what happens to your brain um, on. Uh, uh, and it, it's. We all have free speech, but I think free speech, it, it needs to be um, explained that you don't have the right. It, in the Constitution, it didn't say you have the right to, to speak hate. No, it's just free speech. It should be free and loving speech. Thank you very much. But I, I, I think um, this situation, you know, he should be... Um, it... it, it uh, it, it's um, it, between free speech and hate. I mean, it's uh, uh he should be uh, he should be just taken off the air because I I don't even because I don't like um some of the stuff some people say, but but I think threatening people and uh and and uh, to. Um, say that a horrible event, you know, has was a hoax. I think that's very hurtful. There's hateful and hurtful, and and I and also a threat he also made. I just don't think you know he he should be off the air permanently. He shouldn't he shouldn't be given a microphone, and and that's from one Republican to another. <laughs> now, um, what? Um, what speech do you think crosses the line? Uh, I think what I I think from everything. Well, I mean, not from everything. I, I think it, if it has to do with violence, if it has to do, you know, showing, you know, like Kathy Griffin, um, the severed head of Donald Trump. She's saying, oh, it's free speech. That's not free speech. Um, that's you know, um, and I and I think that. Um, I think that, and, and also threats cr- cross the line. Um, uh, you, you know, like uh, people uh, threatening on uh, uh, social media to kill the president, you know, to kill the, his children. I think that's a threat uh, to, to making, and 
uh, not only that, but like for uh, people who um, who want to blow up um, our uh, monuments, so those are threats. I mean, just anything, and and even like um, threatening threatening a child. I think it also is that's that's a line that you do not cross. You do not cross that. Do you think it was right? And a, and a woman too. I'm I'm sorry to say that too, but and a, a woman's life and a child's life um, too. That you, you just do not do that. So do you think it was right uh, for YouTube uh, and uh, Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other sources to uh, remove them from his plat from their platform? Yes, I do. I mean, regardless of like what you know, like Laura Loomer. But the thing is, is that you have to, you know, you have to choose not just your battles, but of who you, you know, you have a gruff with. But the thing is that if you don't, if you don't like, and then here's the other thing. If you don't like what they say, then don't listen to them. Change the station. Go somewhere else. That's the other thing. All right. Uh, well, why don't we move on? Um, let's see. Why don't we move on to the last story uh, regarding the Kentucky Senate race? Of course, Mitch McConnell uh, running for a um, uh, for another term. He's running for a seventh term uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives, hoping to stay uh, majority leader for the Republicans for another six years. Um, uh, and uh, many Democrats salivating. Uh, at the opportunity uh, of seeing McConnell, although many of them concede that it's going to be more of a, a long shot to beat McConnell as he is in Kentucky, uh, an overwhelmingly Republican state. We actually had one of the Democrats running against him on Stephen Cox on a previous episode. Um, but uh, right now, uh, he officially has um, his first primary challenger um a man by the name uh, of uh, C. Wesley Morgan. He is a former uh, state lawmaker. He served in the Kentucky House uh, of Representatives. Um, um, and he is the first uh, Republican uh, to announce his candidacy against Mitch McConnell as a primary challenger. He announced on Facebook uh, that he would run against uh, McConnell. And he says, quote, uh, we still have a while to go and I won't be uh, politicking much this year, but your prayers and support are appreciated. Uh, included uh, links um, to uh, how he could, uh, 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 how he could, um, uh, how you could donate to him. Um, uh, McConnell's uh, campaign manager, uh, Kevin Golden, uh, responded to him in an official quote saying, quote, it is difficult to take Wesley Morgan as a viable uh, threat in a Republican primary. He has supported Democrats over Republicans in the past and, will, and, and said he will do it again in 2020. Wesley Morgan's campaign will definitely end no differently than everyone else who has ever challenged Mitch McConnell. Um, uh, and then he said, um, uh, let's see, do, 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 do. 
Um, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, Morgan announcing uh, that he will be the first uh, challenger to challenge Mitch McConnell in a Republican primary? Well, for, you know, I, I'm glad that someone has finally challenged Mitch because, you know, I'm sick of Mitch. Um, he's he's told uh, Donald Trump that he's decided not to work on um, health care and some other issues and to table it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know, you don't tell, you know, the president that. I mean, if he, you know, if he wants you to do it, you do it. Um, so I really think that it's good for him, A, to have a challenger. And I, I would love to, to learn more about his challenger. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Nolan, I, 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 I'm trying to tell the truth in political, you know, political, but seven years, I think, is long enough to be, you know, Speaker of the House. I mean, I oh. just, or, you know, Speaker of the, you know, uh, um, of the Senate, because yeah, Nancy Pelosi Speaker, well, that too. But the, the truth is, is that he, too long. We need new blood. That's. Just like on the Democrat side, they knew they need new faces. All right. Uh, anything else you uh, you have to say? Well, um, let's see. Uh, you can find my podcast on this no uh, Anchor, Spotify, and other um, uh, Stitcher and all those uh, places. Um, I lived in California. Uh, in, under the democratic system, and um, my grandfather was a uh, diehard uh, Democrat. He um, actually helped uh, President Tr- uh, Truman and his reelection campaign. Him and my uh, grandmother met him, and his and uh, Truman's wife at the train station in Sacramento. And um, and at, after he was. Truman was reelected. My grandfather he invited my grandfather to the White House, and invited and uh, offered him a position in the Postal Service <laughs> as Post Office Administrator, and he declined it. So that's you know, and because I I've I've you know my my mother was a Democrat and she's a Democrat, but you know what? Um, after after decades of seeing what they've done. You know, she voted for Trump, so, and um, she enjoys going to CPAC now. So, anyway, but that's pretty much about it. Um, and I would love to say I wanted to say thank you for having me on. Um, you are uh, have been an inspired and you have inspired me and motivated me to be to do more episodes because by you inviting me to be on your show. I know that my message is getting out and I thank you so much. And I hope this um, leads to better things along the way. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. You're, you are welcome. Go check out her Mm -hmm. podcast. Make Mm -hmm. sure to tune in in two weeks for the 50th episode. Oh yeah. I can't wait for that. (laughs) Uh, And I love your show and I I will promote your show on my show. How about that? Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Nolan. Bye-bye. Great night. You too. Bye-bye. Coming July 9th. I think that as a society, that's something that we should be striving. 50 episodes. I guess cautiously optimistic would be my view. Four unlikely guests. I feel like it's just all purely political. One epic celebration. I mean, you, you 
the 50th episode of Politics Weekly, an epic four-person roundtable celebration, coming July 8th on the Nolan Cleary Network on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And so I called him, the kind of man he was, I called him on Wednesday and said, Senator Boggs, I'm not feeling well. I don't feel well at all, so I'm not going to be there for Returns Day. And there was silence, and he said, Joe, he said, I was proud to run every time I won, and I'd be proud to run, ride with you even though I lost. That's how politics used to be in my state. He is the front runner in the 2020 Democratic field. He spent 40 years in the political game and spent eight years as vice president of the United States. Now, he hopes to be America's commander in chief. This is Joe Biden, and this is his story. The candidates keep America great. Their story. Yeah, you're always, when you're young, you're always patted on the head and told that you're the future. But I'm interested in what you can bring to the present. And their fight for the White House. I have the most progressive record of anybody running. If you look at Joe's record and you look at my record, I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive. Presidential Profiles 2020. How we could actually make this government work, not just for a thin slice at the top, but make it work for everyone else. I think that, sure, if people want to specula speculate about running mates, I encourage that, because I think that Joe Biden would be a great running mate as vice president. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was born on November 20, 1942 in Scranton, Pennsylvania in St. Mary's Hospital to Catherine Eugenia and Joseph Sr. He is the oldest of his four siblings, and is of Irish descent on his mother's side while his father is of English, French and Irish descent. He was raised in a Catholic household most of his life, and his parents were blue-collar workers from Baltimore, Maryland. Biden's great-grandfather, Edward Francis Blewett was member of the Pennsylvania State Senate. Biden's father has amassed a large quantity of wealth early in life, but suffered finically following the birth of his first son. Eventually, a lack of employment availability forced Biden and family to move to Claymont, Delaware in 1953, where his father became a car salesman. Biden attended the Archmere Academy, where he joined the school's football team, and participated in an anti-segregation sit-in. An above-average student, Biden graduated in 1961 and attended the University of Delaware where he continued to play football. At one point, he considered a career in the sport but eventually decided against it. He began dating Nelia Hunter, a classmate at the university, and told her he hoped to become a U.S. Senator by the age of 30 and eventually become president. Biden decided to axe his plans to be on the varsity football team and focused on his political ambitions. He received a half scholarship to the Syracuse University College of Law. Biden became disinterested in law school and came under fire for plagiarized sources in a 15-page paper. Biden blamed this on his lack of knowledge regarding citations. He received an F on the assignment, though it was later erased from his record. Eventually, Biden graduated and managed to be exempt from the Vietnam War draft. He married Nelia. He had three children with her. From 1968 to 1969, Biden registered as an independent. He clerked for William Prickett, a Republican in the area, and considered himself more a Republican. 
However, he was disgusted by the far-right ideas of then-Democratic Delaware Governor Charles Terry. He supported moderate Republican Russell Wilson in the 1968 Delaware gubernatorial race. Wilson was successful in his attempts. In 1969, Biden registered as a Democrat to run for political office. He ran for Newcastle County Council, running a more leftist campaign despite the area being conservative. Biden won by a comfortable margin. Before taking office, Biden was already discussing a potential run for U.S. Senate. In 1972, Biden retired to run for U.S. Senate against incumbent Republican Senator J. Caleb Boggs, who was seeking a third term. Boggs initially sought to retire, but President Richard Nixon, who was seeking a second term against South Dakota Senator George McGovern that year, convinced Boggs to run again to avoid a competitive Republican primary between then-Wilmington Mayor and former Congressman Harry Haskell Jr. and then-Congressman Pete DuPont. Biden was unopposed in the Democratic primary. Biden lacked campaign funds, and constantly trailed to Boggs by 30 points in polls. However, Biden hoped he could gain momentum as a young, fresh candidate in contrast with the older Boggs. Biden at the time ran a pro-environmentalist, non-interventionist campaign and supported withdrawal from Vietnam. In 2004, it was disclosed that someone on Biden's campaign met with Mafia hitman Frank Sheeran and discussed the possibility of him not distributing the Wilmington New Journal, a prominent newspaper in Delaware the week before the election as the paper featured a negative as about Biden. Sheeran agreed and the newspaper ceased distribution the week before the race. Incumbent Senator Caleb Boggs is running a little behind a man named Joseph Biden who is too young to go into the U.S. Senate. He won't be 30 until November the 20th. Boggs is following, lagging behind Biden. Biden won by a narrow 3,162 votes on election night. However, before being sworn in, Biden was faced with tragedy. On December 18, 1972, Biden's wife Neelia died in a car accident in Hokesson, Delaware. She was only 30 years old. His youngest daughter, Naomi I was also in the vehicle, and died at just one year of age. The tragedy gave Biden also convinced Biden to resign, though he was later convinced against that decision. Biden was sworn in on January 3, 1973. Biden became a single father for four years until meeting Jill Jacobs on a blind date set up by his brother. Eventually the two were married and had one daughter, Ashley, together. During his first term, Biden pushed for more environmental regulations and opposed busing desegregation, a position which many have criticized him for to this date. In 1974, Time magazine called Biden one of the 200 faces for the future. Biden ran for re-election to a second term in 1978 and beat Republican James H. Baxter Jr., the Sussex County recorder of deeds by a 58-41 point margin. Biden became known as a more moderate senator who would vote across the aisle. He even voted in favor of President Ronald Reagan's tax cuts. After Republicans retook the Senate in 1981, Biden became the ranking minority leader of Senate Judiciary Committee. He also focused on arms control regulations. However, Biden became a bigger critic of Reagan's in 1986, when he was re-elected to a third term by a landslide, beating former Delaware State House Majority Leader John M. Burris by a 60-40% to 40 percent margin. In 1988, Biden attempted to fulfill his lifelong dream of winning the presidency. He announced his candidacy in a Wilmington train station in the summer of 1987. A twilight economy, an economy that is neither surging nor collapsing, 
its growth, its productivity, its world position, steadily, inexorably slowing, delivering a sluggish stand. At first, Biden was considered a serious contender, especially after Colorado Senator Gary Hart, who was considered the Democratic Party front runner up to that point, dropped out due to an affair. However, Biden began to trail in the polls to Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis and Tennessee Congressman Dick Gephardt. Biden was accused of plagiarizing a speech written by former UK Labour Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden cited Kinnock as his source during one rally, but forgot to when he gave the speech to another crowd. The controversy led Biden drop out and return to the Senate. Dukakis eventually won the Democratic nomination for president in 1988, though he lost the election to Republican Vice President George H.W. Bush. Biden returned to the Senate and was re-elected to a fourth term in 1990, defeating Delaware's Deputy Attorney General, Republican M. Jane Brady by a landslide 63 to 36 percent margin. He came under fire for his push of the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act in 1994, which vastly expanded the death penalty. He also came under fire for supporting the Hyde Amendment which restricted some tax dollars from going toward performing abortions. In 1996, he was re-elected by another landslide margin of 60-38% over Republican businessman Raymond Clatworthy. Biden controversially voted with Bush on multiple occasions, including voting for the Iraq War. In 2002, Clatworthy challenged Biden to a rematch, but lost to him by a 58-41% margin. In 2004, after winning the Democratic nomination for president, Massachusetts Senator John Kerry considered Biden as a potential running mate, though he eventually selected North Carolina Senator John Edwards instead. The two lost to incumbent Republican President George W. Bush that year. Biden became a staunch opponent of Bush in his final term, opposing deploying more troops to Iraq. However, he did vote for the Bush tax cuts. In 2006, Biden's son Bo ran for Attorney General of Delaware. Although 2006 was a favorable year for Democrats, Bo Biden faced tough competition from Newcastle Superior Court Judge Ferris Wharton, a Republican. However, Bo Biden went on to beat Wharton by a 53-47% margin. In 2008, Joe Biden announced he'd run for the presidency again. Friends, Today I filed the necessary papers to become candidate for President of the United States. Biden faced a hard time polling and trailed more prominent candidates like New Mexico Governor, former U.S. Energy Secretary, former U.N. Ambassador and former Congressman Dennis Richardson, former North Carolina Senator and nominee for Vice President in 2004 John Edwards, and the two front-runners, New York Senator and former First Lady Hillary Clinton, and Illinois Senator Barack Obama. Biden's lackluster poll numbers gave pundits little reason to take him seriously. Biden placed fifth in the Iowa caucus, only getting 23 votes. During the New Hampshire primaries, Biden places sixth, still failing to get 1% of the vote. Biden withdrew his candidacy and focused on his next Senate race. However, after Barack Obama won the Democratic nomination, Biden was announced as his running mate for vice president. So let me introduce to you the next president, the next vice president of the United States of America, Joe Biden. The Catholic dioceses in Scranton criticized Biden for his pro-choice positions on abortion and barred him from receiving Holy Communion in Scranton. 
He was criticized after announcing he wouldn't speak at Catholic schools if elected. No law in Delaware bars candidates for run from running for two public offices at the same time. Because of this, Biden ran for Senate and Vice President at the same time. In the Senate, he faced conservative activist Christine O'Donnell. I'm not a witch. I'm nothing you've heard. I'm you. None of us are perfect, but none of us can be happy with what we see all around us. Politicians who think spending, trading favors, and backroom deals are the ways to stay in office. I'll go to Washington and do what you'd do. I'm Christine O'Donnell, and I approve this message. I'm you. In the presidential race, he and Obama faced Republican Arizona Senator John McCain and his running mate, Alaska Governor Sarah Palin. Biden faced Palin in one debate. Weeks before Election Day, Obama and Biden pulled ahead in polling. On Election Day, the Obama-Biden ticket beat the McCain-Palin ticket by a 53-46% popular vote margin. In the Electoral College, Obama received 365 electoral votes, as compared to McCain's 173 electoral votes. Obama flipped nine states that Bush won in 2004, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio, Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida. Obama also flipped Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District. The same night, Biden was also re-elected in the Senate, defeating O'Donnell by a 65-35% margin. Biden was sworn into his newest term on January 3, 2009, but resigned less than a week later. Obama became America's 44th president, and first American-American president on January 20, 2009. Biden became the 47th vice president, and America's first Roman Catholic vice president. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. And I will well and faithfully discharge. The duties of the office on which I am about to enter. The duties of the office upon which I'm about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Thank you, Mr. Justice. During Biden's first term as vice president, he helped devise a plan to convince Pennsylvania Senator Arlen Specter to switch parties from Republican to Democrat, giving Democrats a supermajority in the U.S. Senate. He also helped devise the Iraq withdrawal plan. In 2010, Bo Biden was encouraged to run for his father's old Senate seat in a special election. However, he declined, instead opting to seek a second term as Delaware's attorney general. Bo Biden had no Republican challenger, and only faced independent Doug Cam, who he defeated by a 79-21% margin. Biden supported deploying troops into Libya in 2011. Biden came under fire for many of his gaffes. Pardon me? In 2012, he and Obama sought out a second term in the White House. 
They faced former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney and Wisconsin Congressman Paul Ryan on the Republican ticket together. During the campaign, Biden came under fire for a comment he made about slavery. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. Biden and Ryan participated in one debate before the election. Polls indicted a dead heat between Obama and Romney. In spite of this, Obama and Biden managed to win a second term in the White House. The Obama-Biden ticket won 332 electoral votes, compared to the Romney-Paul ticket which received 206 electoral votes. Obama and Biden also managed to win the popular vote by a 51 to 47 percent margin. Despite this, Romney managed to flip two states Obama carried in 2016, North Carolina and Indiana whilst also flipping back Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District. Biden was sworn into a second term on January 20, 2013. Throughout his second term, he advocated in favor of gun control. In 2016, Obama was unable to run for a third term due to term limits. Biden was heavily rumored to run, as the it's customary for vice president to succeed the president in office. Biden heavily considered a run. Biden's son Bo retired as attorney general of Delaware in 2015 to focus on a potential run for governor of the state in 2016. However, Joe Biden was soon faced with tragedy once again. Biden's son Bo was diagnosed with brain cancer. On May 30, 2015, he died at just 46 years of age. His death took a toll on Biden. Speculation continued to rise about another presidential run. An empty stage was reserved for the first Democratic debate in 2016 in case Biden decided to enter last minute. However, Biden decided against the idea and announced in fall of 2015 that he wouldn't be a candidate for president. He endorsed former Secretary of State, former New York Senator and former First Lady Hillary Clinton for the presidency. She won the nomination, but lost to New York businessman Donald Trump. It was leaked that Clinton was considering making Biden her Secretary of State should she win. Former Democratic National Committee Chair Donna Brazile revealed in a book that she considered replacing the ticket of Clinton and Virginia Senator and former Governor Tim Kaine with Biden and New Jersey Senator former Newark Mayor Cory Booker. Biden left office on January 20, 2017 and was replaced by Indiana Governor and former Congressman Mike Pence. Biden left on an Amtrak train. After leaving office, Biden spent most of his time campaigning for Democrats during the 2018 midterms. Rumors emerged that Biden would run for president in 2020. In 2019, Biden was attacked for his past conduct toward women. In spite of this, Biden announced his campaign for the White House that month. Biden is generally viewed as a moderate, though he has claimed to be the most progressive Democrat in the 2020 field. Now, he's hopes to be America's 46th president. If elected, he'd be the oldest man ever to win the White House at 78 years of age. Polls have indicated Biden is the front-runner in the Democratic primary. The country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and hedge fund managers. It was built by you. For more Presidential Profiles 2020, check out Politics Weekly each Tuesday.